What up, family? It's episode 132 of The Genius Life. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. I'm your host, Max Lugov. You're a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Genius Foods and The Genius Life. I'm super excited for this episode of the show in which I chat with my good friend, Sean T. Sean T is a motivational speaker, a fitness trainer, a businessman, a television personality, and a choreographer. He's perhaps most well-known for his Insanity Workout Program, which turns old-school interval training on its head. It's part of the Beachbody Empire, uh, and he's a super passionate, super sweet guy, and um, honestly, there's not much that Sean T. can't do. Over the course of the next hour, we cover a lot of things. You're going to discover how Sean went from being a sexual abuse survivor to professional dancer to creating a global fitness phenomenon. You're going to hear about his seven superpowers that helped him heal psychologically, pulled him through the rigors of being a professional athlete, and launched him to be one of the most followed fitness influencers in the world. And you're going to hear hilariously how Sean deals with haters, which we can all relate to, right? We all have haters, whether in the workplace or on social media. It's going to be very useful information. I really enjoyed having this chat with Sean. He is such a light in the industry, and um, he's a very, as I mentioned, a very motivating guy. So I have a feeling this is going to be one of those episodes that you come back to again and again. This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley makes some of the best meat sticks around. When I'm craving a high protein, quick and tasty and super nourishing snack, I always reach for a Paleo Valley meat stick. They come in a wide variety of flavors. My favorites are original. I also love their jalapeno flavor and teriyaki, which is gluten-free. Most of the time, if you get anything teriyaki flavored, it's going to have gluten in it. So I love that they offer a a gluten-free variety of that. With the holidays coming up and hopefully some safe travel on the books, I highly recommend heading over to paleovalley.com slash max. We will get to save 15% off of anything that you order. That's paleovalley.com slash max to save 15% off. Stock up on Paleo Valley meat sticks. Throw them into your bag when you're on the road or uh, hitting that holiday travel. You will not regret it. Again, some of my favorite meat sticks around paleovalley.com slash max. Enjoy. I also want to share a clothing brand that I've discovered recently that I'm totally in love with and super pumped to welcome as a sponsor. The brand is called Viori, V-U-O-R-I. I I first discovered them uh, due to my friends over at Mind Pump. They're huge fans of the brand. Viori make incredibly versatile and comfortable activewear designed to look great in everyday life, aka uh, the gym, as well as outside of it. One of my favorite items is the men's Banks short, which are made from recycled plastic bottles. Uh, they look good and you get to feel good about yourself. Um, and you know what you're doing for the environment while you wear them for the genius life family. They're offering 20% off of your first purchase. All you got to do is head to vioriclothing.com slash max. And that's V U O R I clothing.com slash max. Not only will you receive 20% off of of your first purchase, but you'll get to enjoy free shipping on any U S order over $75 and free returns. So go to vioriclothing.com slash max and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Alrighty, team, we're about to jump into all things Shanti, but before we do, I'd be honored if you'd leave a rating or review on iTunes for the show, like this review from Lily Wilder. She wrote, I've read both of Max's books multiple times and listened to this podcast religiously. Love that, Lily. His simple, honest, and scientifically backed approach to wellness is so refreshing when the health and nutrition space can be so contradictory. Not only that, but Max's empathy and a drive for good makes listeners and readers alike feel so connected to his work. Love you, Max. 
Love you back, Willie. That uh, is just the sweetest thing. Thank you so much for leaving such a thoughtful review. As always, feedback is key. So if there's anything that I could be doing better or something that you all want to see, please let me know. We're all part of this Genius Life family together. I really appreciate you guys. I can't underscore that enough. Join my newsletter at maxlugavir.com. In doing so, you'll receive a free PDF supplement guide that contains all of the information about supplements that can potentially boost your brain function. You can opt out anytime, although I'd be sad to see you go. Maxlugavir.com protects all of your information. Um, I swear. I swear it. After you've joined the newsletter, come on over to my text message community. You can join the community by texting the word genius to 310-299-9401. I have some super exciting things coming up that I am pumped to share with you. And the way to find out about uh, all of my latest offerings first is to be on my text message community. And with all that said, uh, let's move into my conversation with the one and only Shanti. He's the man. And uh, yeah, make sure you go follow him on social media. Love this dude. Here we go. Shanti, thanks for being on the Genius Life, brother. Thanks, man. I feel, I feel like I'm gonna get geniused. <laughs> geniused. <laughs> you, you're about to, or I'm about to, actually, and my audience is about to. I'm so happy to have you on. We, uh, we connected recently. Um, you interviewed me for for your podcast, and I just felt like I connected with you um, in a powerful way. You're just such a, you've got such a good energy. You know, thanks, man. I actually said that to my team, too. I was like, you know, there's some people you talk to and you feel like I could hang out with them or I could vibe with them. Or I feel like we could be out on a lake talking about life. I don't know. I just yeah. felt that connection. And, and just, you know, I think you telling your story, you know, the story about your mom and then how you took a proactive approach to to better yourself from it and knowing that through struggle you know, you can build a lot of strength through that. I just think that that's really important. And I think it's a, it is a superpower that if people were to really pay attention to when they're going through something that they could use to really build greatness in their life, which you have done. Yeah. And I know you can, you can relate to that personally as well, right? Yes. 100%. I mean, just jumping right in <laughs> being a sexual abuse survivor, you know, that was something that I went through when I was eight years old. And so from that time I was eight to the time I was 12, I was in this hellish place, if you will. And so just now being able to look back and be proud of the fact that I got through that. And after years and years of therapy, being able to process, you know, the th how strong that I want to say situation, I guess that experience made me then, you know, I just, I'm just able to have a different outlook on life than, uh, I don't want to say most people, I just have a different outlook on life because I'm able to connect to what has happened to me in the past and really not try to push it away or suppress it or just ignore it and just, just dive in deep to try and heal myself. And then in addition to that, try to utilize the strengths that I gained when I was going through that and you use them in the present day. It's amazing when somebody can take adversity and turn it into an advantage. You know, I mean, not that we would ever wish the kind of, you know, the, the strife that you experienced onto anybody else. But um, but it's amazing that you've been able to transition it and really turn it into a superpower, as you so eloquently um, put it. But for for listeners who are unfamiliar with your work, um, I would love to just like, you know, like 
from the from the get-go like when sean t was getting started in the fitness industry i mean you've become so successful uh and and it's so inspiring and i'm sure that you know many of my listeners they're either into fitness or they want to get you know they might want to get involved with the fitness industry like what was what was the start of your journey like actually the start of my journey happened when i was a sophomore in college and i woke up in my dorm room and I went to the bathroom, you know, in the morning and I looked in the mirror and it was the first time that I realized that I gained so much weight. I had gained 50 pounds. I didn't know the number at the time when I looked in the mirror. I was just very unhappy with what I saw and very unhappy with what I felt. And so that day I literally took an approach to a proactive approach to change my life. I went to the gym. I started working out. I actually went into college as a communications major because I wanted to be in broadcasting. Oh, wow. But uh, (laughs) yeah. But after working out, getting on the treadmill, you know, just finding out what, I guess, revisiting my fitness, because as an athlete, I was an athlete my whole life. You, I really didn't look at being an athlete as fitness. I looked at it as play, you know, and I got I got plenty of medals in track and field. I actually had gotten a scholarship to school. So for me, athletics and fitness were completely different. So when I took an academic scholarship and I didn't, you know, run track anymore or play basketball, it was kind of like, I didn't know what fitness was, you know, it wasn't, I was like, I'm not playing a sport. So what else do I do? And, and I remember going on the treadmill that day and running and, and the buildup of that process running, then finally going to the weight room and just really feeling good about myself and confidence and that confidence and that feeling made me want to change my major to sports science. And so when I did that, I realized that to be marketable in the industry, you had to uh, teach classes. And so I was like, I ain't teaching no aerobics. You know what I'm saying? With the leg warmers and the, <laughs> you know that whole thing. And then I just, but I fell in love with dance and fitness. And then I combined them. And then I started teaching boot camp and kickboxing and all this stuff. And so that was the beginning of the journey. And having a big presence in my university as the fitness guy was number one. It was super motivating and and empowering to have solidified a, a, a point in my life where I meant something to people. And I think that really sticks with you as a young person. You know, if you if you find something that you love and, and it helps people or it really motivates you to continue to push toward any goal, uh, it's it's very profound. And so I went on and I did corporate health. So I worked in a pharmaceutical company. I worked for a pharmaceutical company. Wow. Uh, first, I actually worked at a nuclear power plant, but that's a whole nother story. Damn. Uh, I know. I worked at a nuclear power plant. So I love to tell I love to tell the story. I don't know if love and this story kind of goes hand in hand, but <laughs> I love to tell the story of I worked at a nuclear power plant. And it was about 45, 50 minutes away from my house. And I had to get up hella early to go to work every day, which I was not excited about. <laughs> but on 9-11, I'm driving to work and the radio station that I listened to on my way to work, it was their week off. So it was just nonstop music. So, you know, when you have all nonstop music and minimal commercials, it's a great drive. And one of the disc jockeys, you know, she came on and I was like, oh, you guys are supposed to be off. And they came on and they said they explained what happened that a plane had gone into the World Trade Center, right? Oh, damn. So I'm 10 minutes away from work. I'm watching, I'm listening. 
I drive to work, I get out of the car, I go in. As soon as I go in on the TV in our job, the second plane had crashed. And so we literally for two weeks, we were out of work, like we left. And it was so interesting. I'm realizing it now in that two weeks, not because of it being a nuclear power plant, but I was also like, is this really what I want to do? Like, do I want to go somewhere that's a little bit more challenging? And then I moved to a pharmaceutical company where I was now a health director for uh, people who were putting out medicine and drugs. And I, and at the time for me, that was like really exciting. I had, I didn't know much about the pharmaceutical industry, except for this is the company that made Evil cold and sinus. Like, <laughs> you know, I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. And, um, so once I, I did that for a while and then I realized this is not where I want to be. And I'm a very creative person where I was, I have to follow my dreams. I have to like follow my feeling. I follow my gut all the time. I'm a bit of an empath, but we won't necessarily need to talk about that on that sh- this show. Uh, but um, an empath, so what- I do. I do want to know what an empath is, actually, because I have a friend who who like my I have a good friend named Brian, who uh, is he's probably the first person who told me about like the whole empath thing. But uh, but yeah, I've never like really done a deep dive into that. You know, it's just somebody who feels things, you know, on a more profound level than your average person. Right. Very profound. And it's very hard to explain even to people who are really close to you, who know your heart, who know, who knows your your intentions to be a good person and to really feel energy. When you're an empath, it is multiplied by a million Hmm. Like you just feel it on a level that is so crazy. Even the other day, uh, just a prime example, I was thinking about my friend and I called her up and I said, I feel like you're thinking about me right now. And I'm thinking about you, too. And she wrote me back like, holy fuck, like, (laughs) like, who are you? And she was like, I am. I actually am sitting here reading something about you right now. And so it was just like it was very interesting. And it's a very interesting way to feel. And it, it it's sometimes very overwhelming for people. Um, something's very interesting about being an empath that I just found out because I didn't really I don't study it too much because I'm like, I will go down a rabbit hole and I will be there for days and I might change my career, which I don't feel like doing right now. <laughs> mm. But, uh, you know, being by the water is a really good thing for an empath because it lets you feel and like it's just I guess the open space really helps and um ever since I was a kid I was like I always want to live on the water I was like one day I'm gonna have a house on the water and it's so interesting my my husband's parents where I stay in Seattle has a has a house on the water and I always want to come here and I'm like this is it's just so crazy and interesting but anyway (laughs) I digress uh but anyway, so, you know, I was in I was doing pharmaceutical uh, health promotion and then I wanted to be a dancer. So I moved out to L.A. Uh, on a whim. I went out to visit a friend. I went to an audition that I didn't know was really an audition. I went to just dance for fun and it, it happened to be a dance agency. And so anyway, they chose me to be a dancer for this agency. And it was a really exciting time. You know, I was young. I didn't care. I was just living my best life, moved to L.A on a blow up mattress with a car that had like my mirror was holding on with duct tape and just, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, going to dance classes, staying out till two in the morning at the club. You know, I was a stripper at one point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> living the dream, though. 
Dude, I was a stripper. It's so crazy. I was making money though. I ain't gonna lie. But um in LA. I tell it all. I tell it all. Yeah, man. I was like, listen, <laughs> here's the thing. It was, you know, I was just like, I would I would dance in one club, like perform like actual dance, and then across the street was another club, and they were like, Do you want to be a stripper here? And I'm like, sure, why not? I'm like, how far do I have to go down? And there was like a thong, and I'll say it, cool. Um in West Hollywood. You know, like, in West Hollywood? It was in West Hollywood. Nice. That's where I, I live in West Hollywood. I mean, I now oh. live in Santa Monica, but I, for like 10 years, lived in West Hollywood. And it's like my favorite part of LA. Yeah, yeah. No, it's super fun. So I was like, <laughs> I don't, I'm, I don't know if you've, how many bars you've walked by. I mean, if you lived there for 10 years, you know, but it was, uh, oh, what was the bar? What was the bar called? Uh, <laughs> Crow Bar. I think it was like Crow, Crow Bar, something mm. like that. Anyway, so that was fun. <laughs> uh, so I did that for a while, but I was also teaching like 20 dance classes a week or 20 fitness classes a week. I was dancing and music videos and I was, you know, in and out of tour with Mariah Carey, just doing all of just the stuff that I really love to do, which was just really dance and have fun. And and um, the company Beachbody saw that I had a really popular class at the Equinox in West Hollywood. Oh, wow. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. they were, uh, they West Hollywood Equinox, they were, that was my hot spot. Like, I love teaching. It was my favorite place to teach. Uh, but Beachbody, one of the producers, or two of the producers, I think, actually came in and they saw my class because people would literally be waiting. Like, they would show up mega early to get my class because if you didn't, you didn't get a spot. Wow. And so they saw that. And so they were like, do you want to do a, do you want to do a fitness program with Beachbody? I had no idea what Beachbody was. I was just like, okay, cool. And they were like, well, you know, you have to be really good on camera and you have to do this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I walked into this audition and the director was like, you know, most people, when they get on camera, you know, they don't, they turn into someone else. And I'm looking at her like, do you know who I am? I'm like, I'm <laughs> act the same exact way that I act. Because I had, what I didn't tell you is I actually had taught, I lived in Istanbul, Turkey. I taught in Germany, Switzerland, uh, uh, Austria, like just all over the world. I've, I, you know, so I've done so, I had done so much and I've taught in uh, countries where they didn't speak English and I helped open up gyms in countries where they didn't speak English. So I was forced to just have just like my natural energy being pushed out because when you don't know language, the smile is a universal language and so is the energy you give off. So anyway, I was in this audition and she was like, okay, this is the camera and go. And I was like, yeah, what's up? My name is Shanti. Like, eh. You know, it's like just being myself. And so she was super, super uh, happy. And so I walked out of that audition with a contract for my very first program, which was hip hop abs. So for people who, you know, I guess that was 16 years, uh, 14 years ago. Wow. I know. Uh, 2006. So, yeah. It was 2005 that I auditioned, 2006 that I created it. Wow. And 2007, January of 2007, an infomercial for Hip Hop Abs was released. And it was the number one infomercial for eight months in a row. Oh, my it God. It was awesome. And it still did good. And then... I created another program and then my third program I did was, was Insanity. And that was the mega hit of workouts because I basically changed the game. I was like, all right, we got it. Like the world is lazy. I, that's really what I said. I was like, cause they were trying to, in the infomercial world, they try to get you to say, you know, this is for everyone. Like, everyone can do this workout. And I was like, no, 
I was like, it's not for a person who's lazy. It's not for a person who finds excuses. It's only for the person who's ready to take their body to peak physical condition. No more walking on a treadmill at five miles an hour on a 3% incline. Like if you want results, you have to push. And so Insanity came out was the number one infomercial for seven years in a row, which was really, really awesome. Um, and so, but the, my, my favorite part about all of that is this really helping people, uh, just like change their life and push themselves to the next level and, and digging deep into their soul to say, you know what, this is really, really tough. But each moment that I do this workout, each time that I press play, each time that I eat something a little healthier, it's just kind of building mega fuel so that I can continue to push and be the best I can be in this life so that I can eventually have sustainable results. But it only happens if you connect to the journey and not connect to what society wants you to look like or what society wants you to be like, you know, it's, it's you know how it is. There's so many different nutrition plans out there. There's so many different workouts out there. But I always say, you know, well, which one works for you? What what actually works for you makes you feel the best on the inside and make you feel very confident on the outside. Once you get that combination of things that you can really thrive to be the best person you could be. Yeah, you're a pioneer, man. What do you think it was about hip hop abs and and then insanity that was different than the home workout videos that came before it? That made it such a huge hit. Well, first of all, you know, no shade to Billy Blanks and Richard Simmons. Like, right, they were amazing. Like, those two, <laughs> Billy Blanks is super idol. Richard Simmons, love him to death. But I kind of took, like, I, look, I looked at them and I said, you know, Richard Simmons gave me the freedom. Richard Simmons and another man named Calvin Wiley, who not a lot of people know. Richard Simmons I never met. Calvin Wiley, I call him my 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 fitness dad because he taught me that it doesn't matter who you are. It's what it's how you sorry, it's it's how authentic you stay in front of a room. And if the more authentic you are, the better you'll feel because you don't have to act like anything else. And so seeing Richard Simmons do that, going to different fitness conventions with Calvin Wiley and seeing him do that. And these were these are gay men who walk into a room and they give zero fucks. Like they're like, <laughs> they're like, I don't give a fuck. Like this is who I am. And if you don't like it, then go to the next room. But I promise you it's not going to be better than my class. Mm. Right. So I have those two. And then you have Billy Blanks that is just massive in terms of his power and his commitment and dedication to being like, you have to do this. And so I saw, and he's another black man. So that was also just a really kind of motivating for me, you know, especially with a grandfather who was very powerful and my grandfather was my biggest motivator. And so when I saw someone in my actual space of, of, you know, passion and work, like Billy Blanks do that, I was like, oh, I can push. So I took those two combinations. So the reason why I get to back to this. The reason why hip hop abs and insanity were so successful is because like, I don't give a fuck <laughs> what you think about me. We're going to have a good ass time in hip hop abs and insanity. I don't care if you hate me, but I know you can do it and I'm going to push and I'll go out on set. And I'm not saying that I'm not in any way nervous because that nervousness actually helps me, helps fuel me to be better at being myself. But I just didn't, I don't go in with any reservations. You know, no one had to tell me how to be on camera. No one, and the other thing is no one created my workouts for me. 
there are a lot of people where other people create their workouts. They're, you know, they're good trainers and they obviously are very good on camera or whatever. But for me personally, like I never had anyone create anything for me because if I'm going to tell you to do this, it has to come from the core of who I am. I have to believe it. I have to know what it feels like and I have to know how to speak to it so that when you start to struggle, I know exactly what you're going through. And then I can pull out the things that have gotten me through it and I can talk you through it. Because if I didn't make it up, I'm like, well, I don't even know why I really made this up. But I can give you form techniques. I can give you, come on, you can do it. I can tell you an affirmation that's going to make you thrive in that moment. But when it comes from the core of who you are, you know, you can't plagiarize that. You know, it it just it is is what it is. Yeah. Have you seen an uptick, an uptick in, I guess, the the sales and spread of your program since the whole like COVID-19 spread? Because now, I mean, people have been working out like crazy at home, right? Yes, I have. It is it's massive. And what's really cool, and I want to thank all my people out there. People who used to do insanity via DVD, right? And they got super strong and then they went out and maybe done, you know, other I don't know, maybe soul cycle or going to gyms or going to other boutique gyms to do hard workouts and stuff, which I love because I do, I create workouts to push you to push you outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But during quarantine, so many of them came back. Wow. You know, I see people posting in stories saying, I haven't worked out with Shanti in 10 years <laughs> and he's kicking my butt still. And it feels so good. It's so, it feels so good because what I didn't tell you before is that when I initially got my contract to do these workouts, my agent at the time told me these, these things don't work. Like infomercials don't work. And I was very, uh, I got a little like defeated in my soul and in my mind. But I said to myself, if I can help change one person's life, then that's what this like one person getting something out of this is massive. Like, can you imagine if that one person was on their way to heart disease, but they started working out with me and hip hop abs, they just were like, I love dancing. And then they changed their life around. So to me, it was always about one person. And so now still being in the commercial fitness industry, I started 2005, 15 years later, I've been in fitness for 22 years. Um, Having 22 years, 23 years, (laughs) but just just seeing so many people having their life change. I mean, it really, it it just feels really good. So now seeing people in quarantine and I see people in quarantine, I get messages from people in quarantine that are doing insanity. And they're like, I would say 48 to 55 year old women, I would say. Whereas when insanity first came out, that age group was like, hell no, I ain't doing that. And, and I get messages of people saying, can you send my mom a message? She started working out with you in insanity during quarantine. And it just, it just feels so good. Cause I know people are out there, you know, just bettering their life. Yeah. And I think also like research has come out over the past decade showing us that high intensity interval training, which is what, you know, insanity is all about. And just how good that is for our health. Whereas I think, you know, maybe in the early 2000s and the 90s, it was all about cardio, like this sort of moderate intensity, calorie burning thing. But now we know that the kind of workout that the kind of, the, the kind of exercise that you specialize in, you know, it's really it's amazing for us in so many ways. Our longevity, our brain health, um, you know, our, our resilience, you know, it's just it's it's so beneficial. 
And it's also really good for everything that you said. And then just your, obviously your heart, but just the recovery time. And so I'm going to go here and it might sound, it might be a little much for people who are listening. But so I have this workout called Insanity Max 30. And Insanity Max 30 is is the best because it's 30 minutes. It's interval training halfway 10 minutes in. You're like, why the hell did I even do this at the end? You're like, holy crap, I did this because what's happening is every single time that you do it, your recovery time, you recover faster. So I give you 30 seconds to recover in certain points during a workout. When you first do the workout, similar to the original insanity, 30 seconds seems like five seconds. And then when your recovery time starts to happen, 30 seconds, you're like, okay, Sean, like, I feel like I can go to the bathroom. I'll have a cup of coffee. Like, let's go. So that's how you know you're getting stronger, let alone the weight loss, let alone the inches, let alone the six pack. That is the telltale sign that you are getting stronger. When I give you a 30 second break and a 30 seconds feels like a minute and you are like, all right, you're telling me, come on, let's go. When you translate that into your life, this is where it becomes incredible. So you work out for 30 minutes a day. You're pushing your body to the max, literally. And in order to do that, you have to, in your mind, say, come on, Sean, or come on, Max, keep going, keep pushing. This is hard. I want to stop. I got 10 seconds to go. Okay, go. You got 10 more seconds. Okay, the next exercise is starting. Fuck, I want to take a break. Shanti didn't tell me to take a break. All right, go. This is what you're saying in your mind the entire time, every single day. Now, what is naturally going to happen in your life when you go to work, when you have uh, when you have a conversation with your spouse, when you're if you if you get sick or something that that um, I'm trying to figure out how to say it. But the way you talk to yourself in those workouts is the same way you're going to talk to yourself in life. It is parallel. It correlates. It goes right from one to the other. And that's why I tell people to work out and do hard workouts because you are constantly motivating yourself to push through. And if you get into a bind there work, you're going to, your mind is going to be like, no, you got this. Come on. You can do this. Keep going. If you, if you're suffering a little bit in your relationship and you have fear, you know, no, keep going. Like we got to fight through this. We got to talk about this. And it really helps you become stronger in your everyday life as well. It helps you build mental strength. Yes. Mental fitness is, is the real fitness. Yeah. It's the real fitness. Cause if you, if you're not strong enough to push play every day in your mind, your body, your mind, your mind will easily be like, no, I don't feel like working out. You have to, Everybody, I don't care who you are, me. I mean, I don't know how hard you work out. I'm pretty sure you work out hard. I work out pretty hard. Probably not as hard as you, though. I mean. No, but I'm saying, but but to but to have to begin, you still have to say, all right, Max, like you got to work out today. Yeah. You know, it's you have to still tell yourself to do it and then you have to execute it. And I'm sure there are a lot of times you're like, fuck, I got to work out today, you know, so. Yeah, that's why I think it's important to not always, to not uh, rely on motivation because sometimes you just don't feel motivated, but it's about ultimately the discipline. It's about that inner monologue, right? It's like it's the voice that's telling you, Max, peel yourself off the freaking couch and go do as many push-ups as you can or go. I've been, I've been uh, learning how to jump rope. I'm 38 years old. I just bought a jump rope for the first time in my life. And I've been like, I love it. Yeah, dude, it's the best form of exercise. 
It's it's I mean it's it, so good. It's so good for you. Um, it's good for the brain too. I mean, it's like it's a full body workout, and I'm like including the brain in that. The coordination that it requires is incredible. Well, the thing is, you start to sweat, you start to get you know fatigue, but you have to keep a rhythm. And not only do you have to keep a rhythm, you get so pissed if you if that rope hits your feet. You know what <laughs> I mean? You're like, no. So you have this kind of like this natural cadence that starts to happen. And in a way, it makes you forget about the fact that you're exercising some at some points, not all the time, because I know you're sweating like crazy, but it makes you forget because you're stuck in this cadence, you know, this rhythm. Yeah. The per, and, the, and the perceived exertion, I think, is lower than the actual exertion. Like it's not as difficult to do um, as like you don't you don't mentally perceive uh, the workout, you know. Like it's, uh, it feels easier than it actually is on your body, which is, I think the hallmark of an effective, of an effective workout or an effective exercise. Yeah. That's awesome. Effective exercise, especially to continue to, to want to do it every day for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to switch gears cause you've got these seven superpowers that you talk and write about. Um, mm -hmm. you're also a published author, which is, which is the bomb. Uh, and, uh, and you've got these seven superpowers that I read about. So I want to like, I want to be able to offer those to my audience. So yeah, like what, what, what are these seven superpowers? All right. So I developed the seven superpowers because as I went throughout my life and again, the foundation of my life being a struggle. And then as I go through life, I realize that there are certain things that, uh, certain situations that happen in life and you need a way to get through. When you're going through those situations, you don't quite know the tools that you're using to actually push past that difficult time. And so what I did is I went back in time and I had to say to myself, okay, what are the, the, the tools you use to get through being molested, you know, athletics, because that's a really, a really tough mental um, process. If you if you want to excel in sport and then you get to a high level, you become crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then coming out as a gay man was like another thing. Then transitioning in career, getting married having kids. And then the other one is, is after you realize all of these things that you've had to kind of overcome or, or, or challenge yourself with in your life, how do you then utilize that to take yourself to the next level? And mm -hmm. so when I wrote my book, I utilize my personal stories, but in the book, there's also uh, lessons for, for readers out there to actually apply these superpowers to their own life. And so um, I can run through them very quickly. So yeah. the very first one, the very first one is getting uncomfortable. The sooner you are okay with being uncomfortable. And a lot of people here, it's like, oh, you got to get uncomfortable to be uncomfortable. No, 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 no. I mean, very uncomfortable. Meaning going to therapy, if this is something you need to do, digging deep down within to figure out why it is that I do the things that I do, even something great. Why do I love dancing? Why do I love why do I love that kind of girl? Why do I love this kind of like really digging deep into yourself? Or why do I respond this way when someone says this to me or, you know, 
everyone has their, their likes and their dislikes. And so it's really kind of just getting uncomfortable and doing things that you wouldn't do. So, you know, I say, I, I tell people out there, what is something you're like, I'm not going to do that. Let's do something trivial. Some people are like, I'm not going to scary movies because it freaks me out. Go to a scary movie. <laughs> if it, if it's safe and it's not going to harm you, if you hate going to scary movies because it scares you, go to a scary movie. If you don't want to do a hard workout because you can't do push-ups, do a hard workout so you can do the push-up. If you don't want to eat, if you don't want to, if you don't want to fly in a plane because you're afraid of flying in a plane, fly in a plane, go to a different country. If you're afraid to go somewhere where you don't speak English, go to that place. You know what I'm saying? Like put yourself in uncomfortable situations. When you do that, man, you learn so much about yourself. You open your mind to new things, new ideas, new possibilities. Because I personally believe the reason why a lot of people have tunnel vision in their life is because a tunnel is comfortable. Hmm. You already know you see the light at the end of the tunnel all the time. But what if, as you're going through the tunnel, you cracked open another hole? You might think the tunnel's going to cave, but it's not. It's going to let more air in. It's going to let it's going to let you breathe a little more. You know, or people, or you can use it as like, if people have a road, they say, my destination is to be a professional dancer. And you never take the opportunity to... Look at these little side streets as you're going down the road because you might be on your way to being a professional dancer. But if you say no to small opportunities that come your way, you never know. That road might take you to the same passion and, and make you even better. Not to say that you still can't dance, but you kind of always have to open your mind to something new. And that is just get as uncomfortable as you possibly can. Like every I think I get uncomfortable all the time. A lot of times having conversations with someone, if you know it's going to be less than exciting, if you will, it's so hard. And Max, I thrive in that. And my husband, Scott's like, you like confrontation. I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. What I love is knowing that right now we are in that and not in a good place. And I can't wait to find out where what we learn about each other, whatever that per whoever that person is you're talking to and how we grow from there. Because if you open your mind up to really being able to be soft on a person and hard on a problem in a conversation like that, then being uncomfortable is not really that bad because you're actually, you all, you also know you're going to learn from that discomfort. So that's uncomfortable. The second thing is my second superpower is being full out. So it would be like you saying, I'm going to do a podcast, but you did one episode a year. Like, what is that going to give you? Yeah. Exercise. Oh, I'm going to start exercising. It's the beginning of the year. I'm going to exercise. Okay. But three days in, you stop, right? You have to be full out. You want to do a podcast? You have to do an episode a week. Or if you promise yourself to do it, one episode every two weeks, you stick to it. Not only do you do the podcast, but you be full out. You go for it. You do the research. Or if, if, you, if you love podcasts or you just speak from your heart. Be full out when you do it. You know, it's, it's, if you're going to do an exercise program, finish the exercise program. If you're going to if you're going to find a nutrition plan, find a nutrition plan and stick to it. You have to be full out. You have because people talk about, um, you know, habits take X amount of time. You know, a certain amount of days is a habit. And I'm like, no, 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 no. 
sustainability. It's not about the time you do it. It's about the energy you put in it. And if you're full out on day one and day two and day three, you've gained momentum. So anyway, my thing is you have to be full out. I'm giving them to you in order. I have my, my notes here because I want to make sure. Okay, so the other thing is, the other the next two is creativity and being flexible. So creative and flexible. Hmm. How many times in your life did you think something was going to go a certain way and it did not go that way at all? Yeah, I mean, right? most, of, most of the things I've ever done. Exactly my point. Because you can't predict the future. So... Yes, be really strong in your creativity. This is what I want to do. This is what I want it to look like. You know, I, I'd use a podcast because we're talking about a podcast and a lot of people want to do a podcast and they love that. So be creative. What is your podcast going to be about? You know, what what is it going to look like? What is the branding? You have to be creative, but at the same time, you have to be flexible because you might get involved in this situation and be full out, but it doesn't quite go as planned. And a lot of times when people unleash their creativity, which is superpower number three, they unleash their super their creativity, but then it doesn't go the way as planned, as planned, they stop. And so that's where you have to unleash the, the superpower of being flexible, hmm. right? And I'll, flexibility and impatience, I'm going to give you a little story. So when I was a kid, dude, like if my mom said, we're going to go to the toy store at four o'clock if she wasn't home at four o'clock, she could be at home at four o two. I was throwing the temperature. I was mad, and then I ended up not being able to get the toy because she walked in the house and she's like, "I'm not dealing with that. I'm not taking you to the store." So, like for me, I had to say, "Well, I don't know why she's late. It could have been a red light. Her boss could have held her up at work. So I have to be flexible. I have to know that okay, if it's not going to be at this time." I have to be able to maneuver my way to do it at another time. That's just an elementary way of thinking about it. But think about your job. If you have to give a presentation and you're all set for this presentation and what happens? The computer doesn't work or the HDMI cord, you you find that it's not working and now you can't use your slides and now you just have to talk. Were you so reliant on the slides that now you can't even speak about what it is that you're speaking to? So you have to be, that's the combination of being flexible, knowing that there has to be another way. If you get into a bind, like unleash that creativity to take yourself into another way and be full out when you do it and like have that confidence as you go through. Uh, so this next one is, I think as a parent, a lot of people who are parents understand it. A lot of times when people are in, a relationship with no kids, it looks is looked at as a bad thing, being selfish, being positively selfish. So parents now know that you have to be selfish in order to have sanity. Like for me, I'm like, I need to have my me time or I'm out now. Or I'm going to go crazy. The average person will look if me and you were, if you and I were friends, well, we are friends now, Max. But if you and I are friends and you say, hey, Sean, I'm not going to be able to work out with you today. Cause I just need time to myself. Right. I could be like, dude, you're being so selfish. Like instead of being, instead of you being like, yes, I'm being positively selfish because if I continue to work out with you every day and I don't take time to myself, I'm not going to be good for you or me. I'm gonna carry bad energy. Or if you are in a relationship and you say to your spouse, or if your spouse says to you, you know, I really just need time alone and you take it more about, well, 
you know, what about me? Like, I want to do something too. It's like, no, let that person be positively selfish. Let them have their moment because being positively selfish, I go on vacations by myself. A lot of people who are married are like, what? I don't go on vacations with friends. I go on vacation by myself. I'm like, I don't need a boy's night out. I don't need a boy's <laughs> vacation. I need a Sean, Sean time. Right. And so I encourage people to be positively selfish. That includes being able to say no. Yeah. And when people ask me something, if I'm not able to do it, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not able to do that. Not, no, I'm not going to do that. Or no, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm really unable to do that. And if they ask why, it's like, you know, it really at this moment is I'm not going to be able to give it my best. So you have to be able to be positively self that way and be able to say, no, if two more, uh, one is feeling These are awesome, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next superpower is feeling it. So asking yourself the question is what I'm doing authentic to me, right? Can you imagine doing a workout every single day and you're like, I effing hate this. Not because it's hard because you're, you're getting uncomfortable, but I'm doing this because my boyfriend wants me to do it. Or I'm doing it because my girlfriend wants me to do it. Or I'm, I'm going to become a lawyer or a doctor because my parents said I had to do it. No. And some parents might be like, well, I, you know, I want my daughter or my son to follow my footsteps. I'm like, no, like, why would you want them to follow in your footsteps instead of creating their own? If you literally go out in the snow and you're walking ahead of me and I'm following in your footsteps, I don't get to feel the snow. I don't get to feel what it's like to pull my shoe out of the snow, especially if it's deep. Now, if I got to be safe, I understand I got to follow your footsteps in the snow, but I want to leave my own footprints in this world. So if you're not feeling it, don't do it. If you're doing it for someone else, you're not leaving a legacy behind. And so everything you do, you have to feel it so that it becomes real. And then the last one is go bananas. <laughs> so some people might be like, what the hell is that? So in one of my workouts at the very end, I'm like, this shit is bananas because it's so hard. And like, isn't that what you want for your life? You have such a sense of accomplishment. You're like, yo, this is bananas. Like, can you imagine like if every time you talked about your podcast or if every time you talked about your workout, if every time you talked about your relationship or every time you talked about your job, you're like, yo, it's bananas, yo. Like, and that is a way of expressing like, this is crazy. It's so good. Like, I'm so proud of what I'm doing. It's tough. It's hard. It's causing me to be flexible, to be creative, to be full out. You know, I feel so empowered by it. I get a selfish feeling of love and, and, you know, just like that full commitment to myself, like this is bananas. And so some people look at it as a funny superpower, but no, it's like, yo, this is bananas. Like it's crazy. And so if you take all of those and you literally live your life that way, and you can apply it as best you can because it's it's not going to be easy, obviously, because if you're not constantly putting yourself in an uncomfortable zone, then, you know, the journey's not definitely not going to be as fun. But uh, utilize that so that you can really just create greatness in your life. Yeah, I mean, to me, the, the, the last one is about being enthusiastic. You know, I think a lot of people like they kind of half commit. Uh, they're afraid to wear their enthusiasm you know, or, or express it. And I think that's such a big part of it. And it, it also acts like a magnet. You know, when you're enthusiastic about something, it draws other people, you know, it creates this tribe. That's how I feel I love that. on, uh, you know, when I'm like, 
on social media and I'm sharing like a new study that I've discovered or like some new insight or some new way to think about things. It like, it makes me excited. And then if you're able, if you just tap into that, you know, and you don't let it wilt and die, it's just very, it's a very effective mechanism for bringing other people to the table. You know, I'm so glad you said that because that's what really like attracted me to your voice and your message. There's a lot of people that they'll give a study and you're like, oh, okay. But Max, when you give a study, I am like all in. I, I can just tell that you have done the research. You are like not only done the research, but you're like in it, like you're invested in the information that you're bringing. And maybe that's a part of my empath, but I'm sure a lot of your listeners know and feel that about you. But that's like, if I scroll through and when you post something, you know, some, some people can look at the things you post and be like, Oh, why is he telling me like how to do that? But I'm like, no, look at it. Look at the passion behind why you're expressing this and the way you write is also really good. Like your posts. So that's, you know, so I can tell you actually feel what you're doing and, and you really are passionate about it. Yeah, I am. Um, and so are you, I could tell, how do you handle like, cynicism or haters, you know, like how do you handle, uh, you've got a huge social media platform, right? So like, you know, when you're a public figure on social media, you're bound to encounter comments that are, you know, not always the nicest. So like, how do you handle those situations? So I handle them in different ways. So first and foremost, I'm from Jersey and I'll play. So, (laughs) I mean, there's a part of my Jersey-ness that I'm, I'm cussing you out. You know what I mean? Because, but it's less for me and more, I hate when people bully people. It, when I, it is my biggest pet peeve. So when people hear me snap back or clap back, as they say on social media, I'm doing it less for me and the person on my page that could be really affected by it. There was one time where I had a, um, and I actually talk about it in my book and I write the post in my book where someone literally called me a fag on social media. Mm. And I was so mad, not necessarily for me, because I'm like, I didn't been through a lot in my life. Like you calling me that word is definitely not going to rock my day. However, what about that person that comes to my page because they feel like, oh, like I can be a more empowering gay person or I'm about to come out and I'm following Sean's post because like it's given me the confidence to 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 come out to my family and you say something like that you're disrupting my family I call my my fit fam you're disrupting their progress and when you try to disrupt their progress I'm coming for you mm-hmm. and so that's one way I do it the other thing is listen And I've done a really good job. Like I used to get tons of comments about like my sexuality or whatever. Now there's so few and far between because they already know I'm not, that's not a place for this. The second thing is the more authentic I am on my page, like, you know, you already know what you're going to get. So you need to follow or unfollow. The other thing is my friend said something really amazing. So one time I I have these things called naked coffee. Like I just love the human body. So I'm like, I'll show mine a little bit. And so somebody was like, Oh my God, like this is a disgrace. Like there are people who are Christians on social media. And I was like, listen, I'm like, so you ain't never been to the movies, seen one of your favorite actors naked, looked over at your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or your spouse or whatever and be like, or your friends and be like, yo, damn, like they fly. Like you've never done that. You've never done that before. And someone was like, I'm unfollowing you. And my friend Melissa was like, she commented on that person's thing. Like, you'll be back. If you're unfollowing him for this picture, you're definitely going to be back. <laughs> you know, uh, 
but at the end of the day, like my biggest thing for people out there, not everybody's going to like you anyway. And that's the joy of the world. It is. Im- there are people who really like you. Like I can tell, even though we haven't met in person, that you're a very likable person. But there are going to be people who don't like you for the way that you look, for your hair, because they don't think because they might have a crush on you and you ain't you wouldn't date them. I mean, <laughs> there's so many crazy reasons why people don't like people. And I think it's I personally think it's just ab- absurd. I'm just I I personally walk out into the street or in like when I get in my car, if I go somewhere or well, we're quarantining now, I'm only coming to my office and leaving. But when I'm not doing that, if I go into a mall, if I go into a restaurant, I like legitimately love everyone. I don't care if I I don't care. I'm just like, we're all human. We're our heartbeats. We bleed the same. Other than that, we're just a shell. And other than that, we're just a shell of experiences that have shaped our mind to think the way we think, to be the way we are. And we have a decision on how we want to continue to go through the world. Now, you can take your hate and apply that to your everyday life. But that doesn't mean I'm going to hate you. And I think I get people like I'll go into a restaurant and my husband loves when I do this. If we go into a restaurant and we have a server who is just not having a good day and they are, I'm sure you've had the servers who just like, you're like, what the hell did I do to you? I just want to come and have a drink and something to eat. And so all the time. So Scott laughs because he goes, he looks at me and he knows I'm going to be like, watch this. And over the course of that, 50 minutes or that hour to hour and a half that we have that server, they go from being having a really bad day and taking it out on us to being like the happiest person in the room. Because my energy is like, okay, if you're mad at me, I can easily be like, yo, I, I can go to the manager and be like, I want somebody else because whatever. And then it sends that person on their way to even a worse day. So they come back over after they had that little stank attitude, right? <laughs> they come back and I'm like, How, what did you do today? And they look at me and they don't want to answer. They're like, oh, you know, I did that or whatever. And they start talking. I'm like, you know, and I just kind of go with the conversation just to be like, but what's going on? Like, what's really going on? And then they start laughing. And then it's just, but it's just because I'm like, I know, I know you're not going to have a good day every day. And I, and even on my bad days, if someone asks me and I walk into a store and someone says, how are you, sir? I'm like, I'm having a day like I had to get out of that house and I needed I needed to come shopping because, you know, I said in a way not to be like, don't talk to me. I'm like, if you ask, I'm gonna tell you exactly how I feel. And it just lightens the mood. It lightens my mood because I can say something. So I say that to say. When you give someone a free space to express themselves, but. You know, as long as they're not like obviously bullying you. But give them a free space to express themselves with respect and just be like, hey, I, t- I understand where you're coming from, but I'm not your enemy. And that's how I live my life. I, I really don't get a lot of pushback, but I do get unfollowed every single day. Um, and for whatever reason, I mean, it could be one word you put in a post. But, you know, I was actually having a talk. I'm, have you met Lewis House? Uh, no, I, actually, no, I've met him, I think, once or twice. Right. Yeah. 
Well, he's a he's a cool guy. So we were talking and we were just saying how, you know, in social media, you could post one thing and people jump on you and you're like, you don't even know the full details of why I even posted this or like you look at one thing. So anyway, I just say to people out there, you know, do less judging and more understanding, like find out why. Like there was someone I did a podcast called Why Black Lives Matter instead of just like saying, this is my way of thinking or whatever. I gave them my experience. And someone put in my post, they're like, hey, I listened to your podcast. I didn't understand this particular story that you told because I don't necessarily agree with that way of thinking for me. Can you explain? And I'm like, this is amazing because yeah. you didn't just say, oh, why would you say something like that? Like, I'm unfollowing you. It's like, oh, there are a lot of things about what you said that I, I really agree with. And thank you. This one I didn't quite understand. If people just went through life that way, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. Trust and believe. Like I have to go into my own, my own Rolodex of motivational moments to pull out to be like, all right, Sean, you need to use this this card, or you need to use this superpower right now because you're about to go right back to Jersey <laughs> on these people. Like there are times where I have to do that. So I'm not saying I'm perfect, but these are the tools that I use to keep myself like on that super. Try to be as positive as possible. Level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that's hard is that people on social media will say things to you that they would never say to your face. <laughs> they would never. I know. I don't know if, if people are listening to this. I'm shaking my head. Never. They would ne like they would never say it to you. There are Ever. times, you know, it's so crazy. There are times where people be like talking mad stuff. Like, let's talk about somebody like Kim Kardashian or you know, whatever. Like people hate on Kim Kardashian. I promise you that same person was like, I don't like her because blah, blah, blah. That same person, if they saw her in the mall, gonna be like, or if they saw her in the bathroom, like putting on her makeup next to her, they're gonna be like, oh my gosh, like you're so great. Can I get your autograph? You're 100% gonna do that. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. I mean, you probably see it. I mean, living in LA all the time, you see pe all these people run over to a celebrity and you're like, I'm sure you were talking shit about them. Like, you know, last week. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think most of the time when people leave these negative comments, I mean, it's purely just to feel these are people that tend to be like unexpressed, bored. You know, they're not happy with themselves. Like they haven't done the internal work. They haven't developed the seven superpowers that you talk about. And so social media is like this just super easy, low level outlet for them to just like expunge the hate, you know. So I never take it personally. But uh but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's mostly just a negative reflection on the commenter. But of yeah, course, you're still we're still human. People people in the public sphere are still human, and so it is unfortunate, you know, because if you're if you're susceptible, if you read your comments, which I definitely, you know, I read my comments. I mean, you know, some of them can be they can make you feel bad, and that's where you know it's. Uh, I think it's important for people just to be a little bit more empathetic, just across the board. Yeah, I agree, and a lot of those people. You know, they don't have any followers and they don't have any posts and they're marked on private. So they're just looking to have a conversation with somebody because, like you said, they're probably miserable in their own lives. But I mean, my my only thing is the more you can leave with love, the less energy you give to hate and the less negative energy you give to the world. I'm not saying not to take up for yourself because that's definitely necessary as well. But, you know, kindness some people would be like, no, kindness doesn't win. I'm like, kindness will win only because the energy that is coming from you is what you feel. I don't, 
you feel the energy coming from obviously someone who's being mean to you. But once it hits you, you have to decide what you want to do with it. Do you want to say, you know what, that really hurt my feelings, but you don't care if that hurt my feelings anyway. I have to like eliminate you from my life and move on. Or are you going to let it percolate inside of you and and continue on? And so my thing is, so I have this course coming out called, you know, Enhancing Your Superpowers, Seven Ways to Achieve Personal Growth. Because even with all of these superpowers, the next level of that is, okay, like, how do I implement them on a daily basis? And I talk about superpower number one being communication, because anything can hit you from any side, right? But it's how you communicate to yourself. It's how you communicate to yourself that's going to determine the energy and response you give back to the world, not just to that person or that situation, to the world. Like, how are you communicating with yourself from the moment you wake up in the morning? It's, it's a very important foundation uh, that we strengthen, the foundation of communication in order to thrive and really enhance these superpowers. Couldn't agree more. Love and kindness really is the answer. Where there is love and kindness, there's no hate. There's no oppression. I mean, it really is the ultimate disinfectant. And I just, I, I really suffer. I just really suffer with anything less than love. I mean, like is fine too, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get yeah. that from you. I'm I get that from you. And that's why I like you so much. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I like you too, Matt. <laughs> Same. Um, well, we're out of time. I just got one last question for you. And uh, right. before we get to that, where can uh, where can listeners find you on social media? Yeah, so you can find me at Sean T, S-H-A-U-N-T. That is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And follow my YouTube channel because not only do I give you five-minute workouts very often. My podcast is on there. I do two podcasts a week. And I also have um, really fun, like what I like to call my YouTube series. I have one called Shanti Trains Europe, which is super fun. It's a six-part series of how I took some people. I told people we were going to go tour Europe and they were just going to be back up uh, back up for me on stage, but I actually made them, I turned it into a reality competition show. They had no idea I was going to flip the script. And then the other one that I have right now is my family took a road trip from Phoenix to Seattle and we rented this cruise America, like very cheap, um, RV that is basically a, uh, it's basically a, souped up u-haul truck <laughs> so it's crazy with my two and a half year old twins so seeing how me my husband the twins and my in-laws get through the country is is pretty it's super fun and uh yeah so follow me on those and I, I just i love to have a lot of fun and i love to just inspire motivate and and i keep it very very real <laughs> i can tell dude well i'm inspired uh the last question that gets asked everybody on the show uh shanti what does it mean to you to live a genius life what does living a genius life mean to you well for me it just means tapping into that thing that makes me feel absolutely great every single day and just yesterday i posted on social media how to rise back from defeat and so for me living a genius life is being able to communicate and interact with people every day in a positive way by expressing my feelings and emotions to help uplift them to dance my ass off i dance every single day and over the last week with the whole, you know, 
Black Lives Matter movement, everything, it just really brought my spirits down because I just felt like there was a lot of hate in the world. So I just was like, I have to start dancing again. And um, the third thing is just always to pay it forward. It's really just figuring out how to pay it forward and, and be of service to people. And if I do those things every day, I'm living a genius life. It's beautiful, man. Well, we got to get you back out to L.A. Maybe we'll hit up the Equinox in West Hollywood for a, for a workout for all time's sake. Well, the thing is, when I come to L.A., most of the time I stay in Santa Monica. I didn't even know. Well, obviously, we just met not too long ago, but I didn't know you lived there. You don't have to put this in a podcast, but where exactly do you live? <laughs> but I live close to the beach. I live um, by just by the border of uh, Santa Monica and Venice. Oh, OK, cool. So do you ever go to the Bulletproof? Do you drink Bulletproof coffee? I drink it sometimes because no. it, it tastes good. It tastes good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm, I'm there and then I'm, I'm down there, but we'll, we'll hang out next time. I come down every no, would love I to. always stay at a hotel close to that. I ain't going to tell people where I stay. But. <laughs> <laughs> tell me offline. Tell me offline. But I'll then, tell you offline. But then we'll okay. make that happen because I don't get to, yeah, you're in, man, you, I don't get to Arizona that often, but if you're in LA, man, we got to kick it, you know? Yeah. Once this is over, man, we could go work out. We can do all kinds of awesome things. I would love that. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. To all you guys out there, uh, I love you guys. Thanks for your time and your attention. Text me to let me know what you thought of this episode of the show. 310-299-9401. And I will catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.